0: I was worried. (laughs) It's a beautiful summer night in Nashville, Tennessee. I've had my beer and my shitty Nashville pizza, and I'm headed down the block to Marathon Music Works, a dope open-floor brick-faced concert venue in historic Watkins Park. Inside, a sea of younger metalheads stir and scuttle back from the bathrooms and the beer lines, waiting for the headliners to emerge. I'm being brave these days, so I inch into a comfortable spot near the front of the stage. I'll probably have to pee in 20 minutes, but hey, let's roll the dice. We're all here to see the band Nothing More. I'm a first-timer, and I've heard stories about the band's live show. The house lights dim a bit, and while I protect my territory, the unmistakable sounds of Hall & Oates pump from the club's PA system. Daryl and John are warming up the crowd one greatest hit at a time. And you better believe I'm singing along. Sweaty dudes in black tees close in around me, gearing up to slam dance. There are some girls here too, and I'm pretty sure I know which member of the band they've come to see. The same guy I've come to see. Johnny Hawkins.
1: Stupid Johnny, man. We'll do it for Johnny!
0: Backstage earlier, I talked with Johnny for episode 122 of the Independent Minded Podcast. A conversation delayed for a few minutes so that the singer could advise his wife on which heels to wear. Johnny Hawkins, fashion consultant. He took this task very seriously. And when he'd finally made his choice, I asked him for a sneak preview of what I'm now about to witness.
1: And the catapult um, is like this air-powered or air projectile kind of a design where it launches me into the air and then I turn the drum sideways and I can stand on them. And from there... I pull up the Scorpion Tail, which is, it's basically a glorified guitar pedal.
0: This sounds like some Back to the Future Transformers shit, and I'm here for it. I don't know what a Scorpion Tail is, but I'm a Scorpio, so I'm excited. As Rich Girl blares from the speakers, nearby metal dudes dramatically pour bottled water into their hair. One informs my lady friend and I that moshing will be happening in this general area. I'm not sure if this is politeness or intimidation. But in between verses of Private Eyes, I acknowledge him. I'm just another middle-aged bald guy wearing pink shorts and a floral shirt, ready to mosh at a metal show. Hey, it was Pride Month. The lights go down, the crowd roars, and there's Johnny Hawkins, shirtless, sculpted. A streak of dark paint runs from his neck down past his bare chest. Minutes into the first song, Johnny Hawkins is catapulting onto a scorpion tail, writhing and thrashing above his bandmates, and a sea of head-banging metalheads.
1: back after being gone for two and a half, three years. We just wanted a punch in the mouth. Turn It Up
0: Like is my first taste of Texas-based hard rock band Nothing More. And it's one hell of a right hook. But they're not a new band. Nothing More have been around for nearly two decades. They've toured with hard rock heavyweights Shinedown, Breaking Benjamin, and Disturbed. They've had rock radio hits. Turns out Nothing More is pretty goddamn huge. And so I wanted to talk to Johnny about how he got here. Because it wasn't always like this. In the video for Turn It Up Like, Hawkins bops around in a navy blue jumpsuit. A minute later, he's a shirtless and feral demon. A heavy metal maniac in tight white pants. It's a convincing transformation and a magnetic performance. Which is interesting, because when nothing more first started, Johnny Hawkins
1: wasn't a singer. He played drums. I... Was very, very afraid of singing or speaking in front of large audiences. A far cry from
0: the charismatic frontman he would eventually become.
1: Drums were kind of a safety blanket, you know, between me and the audience. I had my drum set.
0: As the show continues, and I fend off crowd-surfing knuckleheads, I wonder, how is this the same guy that was afraid of an audience? Because you don't just outgrow that shyness. You have to challenge yourself. You have to be brave, take chances before you can transform. I was a shy and sensitive kid. It felt like a flaw. It made me feel weak. My parents employed traditional methods to try to integrate me. Summer camp, after-school activities, competitive sports. When I was about 10 years old, my dad took me to a karate school and made me watch some fighting to see if I'd be interested. Does
1: not exist in this
0: dojo, does it? No, Sensei! Prepare! Ace. I politely declined. No way miss, sir. I said the place smelled like feet. Strike first! Strike hard, no mercy, sir. And it did. It did smell like feet. Besides, I'm a lover, not a fighter. So it wouldn't be karate that made me braver. It would eventually be music. Johnny Hawkins' father had a military background. He was an enforcer,
1: a disciplinarian. But my mom was really the one who, she forced me into like acting classes when I didn't want to go and I hated it. Her whole thing was, if you're afraid of something, you need to do it over and over and over. It's like kind of exposure therapy. And her whole thing she always taught me was, you'll be afraid of it and you'll be afraid of it as you do it each time. And then at some point you won't be anymore. And then it's fun. So
0: after more than eight years behind the drum kit, Johnny became nothing more a singer, and at least at first, nothing about that transition was fun.
1: It was about a year or two of just incredible discomfort, awkwardness, anxiety. I was taking multiple shots before every show just out of total liquid courage. Yeah, Yeah, I had terror, and now it's the most fun job in the world. But it took me going through that time. It wasn't I wasn't one of these popped out of the womb and just started singing types.
0: But if you've ever seen nothing more alive, you wouldn't think that. Whatever it is, Johnny Hawkins clearly has it. Past three years, like most bands, nothing more found themselves sidelined, waiting for the clubs to reopen, for the crowds to come back. During that time, Johnny isolates himself, works on songs for the band's sixth studio album. Sometimes we do our best work alone, inside a cocoon, away from the world. But there's another side of Johnny that was busting to get out. Johnny Hawkins the front man. Johnny Hawkins the rock
1: star. And after waiting longer than usual to get back on the road, the other Johnny emerges. I feel like I'm like going from being an underwater creature to like (laughs) learning how to walk on land and breathe air.
0: Science couldn't explain it, but there it was alive in the deep, deep waters of the Amazon, a throwback to a creature that had existed a hundred million years ago, immensely strong and destructive. And every night he's propelled, literally, thanks to the ingenuity of his bass player, Daniel Oliver, whose onstage contraptions are used as set pieces to enhance the live Nothing More experience
1: and make each show a little more interesting. Johnny tries to explain how it all works. And the catapult um, is like this air-powered or air projectile kind of a... Design where it launches me into the air, and then I turn the drums sideways, and I can stand on them. And from there, I pull up the Scorpion Tail, which is—it's basically a glorified guitar pedal.
0: I've seen a lot of crazy shit at shows. I've seen Eddie Vedder climb balconies. I've seen you two walk out of a giant lemon. But I've never seen a man catapult from something called Drumtron onto something called the Scorpion Tail, so that he can stand atop it and start messing with the effects of his bandmates' guitar sounds. And Johnny Hawkins is just a man for that ride, night after night. On the rare occasion that things go wrong, our fearless frontman rolls with the
1: punches. I've asked Dan, I'm like, is this safe or is this thing going to do XYZ reliably? And he's like, oh, eh, it should. And that's always his answer is <laughs> should. And I'm like, that doesn't make me feel very uh, comfortable, Dan. On one particular night, Drumtron betrays him.
0: The catapult that pushes the air out to the doohickey that connects to the thingamajig doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And in the middle of the band set, the whole kit falls on Johnny. His bandmates pull him from the rubble, and the show goes on. Most nights things go right. But when things go wrong, the thrill he says he feels every time he's up there, that adrenaline rush, that's what saves him. Johnny lives in New Orleans these days, but the band proudly hails from Texas. Major influences include Incubus, Rage Against the Machine, Tool, System of a Down. And you can hear all that in the music. But I can't help but ask about another influential metal band from that era. That also hails from Texas. Tara didn't invent metalcore or groove metal or whatever you want to call it. But they were huge players in the genre shift from mid-80s thrash to late-90s new metal. For a few years, they were the pinnacle of heavy music. A once glam metal band that sludged up their sound in punishing fashion and turned the brutality up to 11.
1: Vinny Paul came out to a few of our shows, actually a fan of the band. like He said nothing but really awesome things and got us on tour with Hell Yeah. Like I think he was a big part of that. He just like totally surprises us at a show in Dallas one time. One of the coolest people I've met on the road. Like just nothing but good things to say about that guy.
0: You hear a lot of stories like that about Pantera's late drummer and his brother Dimebag Darrell. Pantera's lead singer Phil Anselmo with his unique guttural howl and his wild card antics was also a notable figure in metal. But nothing more has a connection with another member of Pantera who surprised the band during one of their shows in Dallas. Backstage he presents bass player Oliver with a pick a token from one of
1: Pantera's tours of Japan. Dan's like, why is this guy giving me a bass pick like who the fuck is this and he's just like oh cool and he's like are you in a band like are you just starting out like Dan was talking to him like he was like oh, in a local man. band trying to promote his band and he's like I'm fucking Rex Brown from Pantera god damn it and he walked away I don't think he took it very well uh, sorry if Rex in this is your some chance to apologize universe to ever to Brown, was listening yeah. to this sorry uh, for my bass player a decade
0: ago Johnny and nothing more were on a mission to get signed they needed money They needed exposure. They'd become popular in Texas, but a band can't sustain on local crowds alone. So they did what most bands do. They jumped in a van and drove to New York, then to L.A., playing
1: record label showcases in front of record label monkeys in hopes of scoring a deal. Everyone said no. So we got passed on by pretty much every label that was relevant at the time. They just said, yeah, we're just rock bands are not doing well, and we're only signing a handful, and y'all aren't one of them.
0: Here's a list of the 10 best-selling artists from 2012. Rihanna, Coldplay, Michael Buble, Ali Mers, Mumford & Sons, One Direction, Lana Del Rey, Ed Sheeran, Adele, and Emily Sandé. Look at the album charts during that era and you'll find that the label monkeys were right. As far as the industry was concerned, rock was
1: dead. So, we're just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's make our own album. Right on. We moved into a house together. This As, is
0: why you're on the podcast, John. This story right here.
1: <laughs> we just DIY, man. We we moved into a house. The landlord was a buddy from high school, and he was super into cars. So he had like five cars in his backyard, all taken into pieces. So we knew we could totally make a mess at this house and like build things and have stage workshop. cards, you know, without there being like friction or a problem. He was totally like the perfect person to house a band. Mm. And so our bass player had access to a ton of tools and things to work on stuff, and we could unload the trailer. We were right next to this quarry, so they were always blowing things up, and we'd be recording, and like you'd just hear all the bottles (laughs) in my room, and (laughs) just ding, 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 because the explosion's nearby, so we'd have to stop recording for a little while. And along with that new independent spirit, interest in the band took on new life. We were honestly pretty reluctant at first because we we're like, you know what? We did this without any label. Right. All of y'all said no. You're now, right? Now you show up. We're like, no, so we're going to get the deal we want. We, you know. So we had a little more leverage. So it's probably better that we went about it that way. It worked out. In the music industry, in most industries, blind
0: faith is no longer enough. The big dogs will only gamble on a sure thing. And even though the business has changed so much since nothing more showed up, This game has never been on the artist's side. You gotta pack the clubs. You gotta move the merch. You gotta build a buzz. And only then do you get wooed. But shouldn't it be the other way around? Aren't the label folks, the radio programmers, the consultants, the industry titans, the tastemakers, aren't they the visionaries that are supposed to see something
1: in a band well before the records start flying off the shelves? The label is constantly trying to fit you into a box.
0: Oh, what's in the box?
1: So they can move the product and market it.
0: What's in the fucking box?
1: And we're always trying to think how we can break out of the box. And so those two things have to somehow come together.
0: In 2014, Johnny and Nothing More signed a five album deal with Eleven Seven, now known as Better Noise Music, and better known as the label home of arena-filling bands like Motley Crue and heritage hard rock acts, Papa Roach, Five Finger Death Punch, and AWOL Nation. A relationship with the label means more money, more reach. Everybody wants the same thing. Hit songs, big crowds, cool videos, success, recognition. But it's how to get there, and the amount of rope the label gives a band to do it, that can make these relationships complex. And there have been victories, Grammy nominations, charting albums. Nothing more has earned their seat at the table so they can afford to be a little cocky, even if it's in a playful way. new video for the cheeky tired of winning Johnny's charisma is front and center along with his Miley Cyrus t-shirt and that same swagger that immediately caught my eye inside the band's dressing room it's his humility and easygoing persona that cement me as a new fan every member of nothing more is a solid serviceable musician but Johnny Hawkins is the reason I'm here before we part ways I ask about the new album he tells me how psyched he is for the fans to hear the new single The album's title track, Spirits.
1: It's one of those songs that it's a good first listen and it's a grower. Most songs are, it's one of three. It's either the song shit or it's a great first (laughs) listen and it's just a really easy get, but it doesn't have like that longevity.
0: You're describing every Monday of my life just listening to song after song, yes.
1: (laughs) Or you have that song that is the grower and this one to me has this unique aspect to me where it's both and that's kind of rare.
0: It's a grower, he says the type of song you need to listen to over and over again before you can really recognize its worth, the type of song that demands extra attention, another spin, another chance. I feel like a lot of folks in my line of work don't invest in that sort of listening experience anymore. But I feel for them too. There's simply too much noise out there. But me, I try to listen properly. Thanks to this podcast. That's why I'm here. Because I'm a grower too. All my scorpion tail rides may be existential, But I'm still growing, still trying to be brave, just like Johnny Hawkins. song is called spirits the band nothing more it's the title track of their sixth studio album out october 14th on big noise music earlier in this episode we heard turn it up like and tired of winning also from the forthcoming album and this is the time ballast from nothing more's self-titled 2014 album got to give a big shout out to johnny hawkins for his time and the great conversation nothing more tour manager ryan coggins and the band's manager will hoffman for the accommodations And special thanks to Kelly Walsh at SROPR for hooking us all up. Find out more about the band, including fall tour dates, at nothingmore.net. And follow them online at nothingmorerock. Independent Minded is a Bald Freak Music production created, hosted, and produced by me, Ron Scalzo. Subscribe, follow, listen to all 8,000 episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And you can find out even more about the podcast and about me at baldfreak.com. Next time on Independent Minded, a conversation with Nashville based singer songwriter Laurel Sorensen and her glam rock band, The Lovin'.